Mike Tomlin discussed the Steelers' plans at cornerback a little bit. I want to give you my theories on that and reveal my discussion with Darnell Wash about how he's improved as a route runner and overall as a tight end. All that in here and more on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash NFL to post your job free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, I want to lead off talking about the cornerback. Now, uh, yesterday we did a whole offensive show, so I want to talk a little bit about the defense, but I got more offensive talk for y'all after that. But I wanted to lead off talking about Mike Tomlin's comments when asked about the about how he's how the Steelers plan to deploy Patrick Peterson. And when he was asked about how they wanted to use his role in the inside cornerback role or the slot cornerback role, he said, quote, I'm comfortable with what I've seen. There won't be an additional emphasis in that regard in this game. No, talking about the preseason, meaning that he's comfortable with what he's seen there. He's not going to, you know, push push for Patrick Peterson to have to play a whole bunch more snaps in the slot cornerback spot. So maybe that means he's ready to use it, or he's, the, the Steelers are are ready to be ready to deploy it in the regular season with what they've seen so far. Now, to be clear, they have been using Patrick Peterson in the slot in formations where he lines up on more on the inside uh, in training camp. But it's also not a permanent fixture. And I think that's where I want to talk about today about how the Steelers are going to use their cornerbacks. For an example, in this past game, Patrick Peterson played, uh, th- uh, what, 13 total snaps in this in his last preseason game. Only one of them was at slot corner. So this isn't something that's going to be a permanent fixture with him lining up on the inside, but it is going to be an option for the Steelers to use as they rotate their, their secondary around. And that is going to be the biggest mystery that I think everyone's going to be looking for as this season develops is how do the Steelers use these guys? Because ultimately the plan is to get Joey Porter Jr. on the field and let him develop into the cornerback of the future for your franchise to build around because they have a lot of confidence in this guy. And frankly, I do too, from what I've seen, not just because he had an interception in a preseason game, because, but because we've seen his raw talent, we've seen his abilities, we see his size, but the way that he's approaching the game, the way that he's doing, it reminds me of a lot of the positive things I see about Kenny Pickett in how he takes everything day by day, one step at a time. He studies a lot. He's working hard. He's humble about it. He's not you know, being too high with his success or being too low with his failures. And that's the kind of approach that I think you want in a player who you want to be a pillar part of your franchise and your team. So all that being said, I think what you're looking at here is this plan that the Steelers have right now. There is a temporary plan in place for how they're going to deploy their secondary. Because remember, this isn't just about the cornerbacks. It's also about how they want to use their safeties because they have Baker Fitzpatrick, uh, who's they're going to be their top safety. But also DeMonte KZ and Keanu Neal, who can line up all over the interior part of the field and help out. And that's where I think the Steelers will find the most help 
in this situation is that Joey Porter Jr. doesn't necessarily have to start right on right on the outside right right away. Patrick Peterson's still going to be out there, but we also have to acknowledge that with Patrick Peterson's age, he's not the guy with the speed to run with the best wideouts that line up on the outside. And that's where I think the Steelers are going to have to be a little bit creative. And Terrell Austin is going to have to be a little bit creative with how they line their guys up to kind of be, be in that situation. Now, Patrick Peterson, he's not going to be helpless on the outside. I'm not saying any, any part of that, but you're not just going to be able to leave him on an island, you know, playing sideline, playing, you know, sideline coverage, you know, on just deep thirds where it's just him. There's nobody else. And, you know, you can you can trust him to cover both the short underneath stuff and the deep stuff uh, because he'll be able to cover both situations. No, Patrick Peterson was brought to this team to be a heady uh, leader on on the field, a guy who can think through situations and kind of be like the older version of Joe Hayden when he was on the Steelers. Joe Hayden couldn't do everything by himself uh, anymore. He wasn't just a shutdown corner who you could just give him one side of the field and he was taking it over, but he was able to make smart decisions. He was able to work within the defense and play a coordinated style of ball that was able to help the rest of the defense function to it, to it, to its best ability. And that's where I think Patrick Peterson com- comes in here. So the Steelers, they're going to move him to the slot. They're going to let him play outside. They might use him as a safety unofficially. Like he's still going to be a cornerback, but I think through all of it, it's he's, he's the bottom line is he's going to be in the sec- secondary and they're going to be using him to flex around in different situations. How they flex him around that still remains to be seen because I guarantee you right now in the preseason we aren't seeing a lick of what Terrell Austin's actually drawn up for the season this year. They're they're doing very vanilla stuff just like most teams are. It's the same reason why I say I say hey let's temper expectations and be excited for the success you're seeing from the offense, but understand that what you're going up what they're going up against is other teams' vanilla stuff. But it's still better to see that success than to not see that success. And so that's that's my my point on the offensive side of the ball. But with the defensive side of the ball, I think there's a lot more com, com, uh, complex things that we're going to see uh, from the Steelers defense as far as how they deploy their secondary. But make no mistake, Joey Porter Jr. and how he works into this is going to be a huge factor this year to how they want to deploy things. They want to make sure that he is up to speed. And I think that one thing that you're going to see uh, in in this in in this upcoming preseason game, is he's going to get tested to see how ready he is to if, if the Steelers were to deploy him out out and get him several snaps against the 40, 49ers. and that's where I think it's it's, it's going to be. They're going to test out how many different ways does he fit into the scheme. Is he able to take on different different roles? How does he take on certain assignments? Where do they feel comfortable plugging him in um, into the defense? Because they know they have talent on this defense. That defensive front is talented as all get out. You've got the safety group that you're really excited about you got all these different guys that that can take over the defense now you just want to fit joey porter jr in so he can start to find a way to be that playmaker that you drafted him to be and be part of that overall thing and that's where terrell austin as a defensive coordinator is going to have his biggest i think challenges is making sure his scheme protects his players weaknesses like for example patrick peterson's lack lack of you know pure speed because of his age or joey porter jr uh you know finding making find, making sure what matchups would be be most advantageous versus disadvantageous for him. All those types of things are going to be in play for him. But considering all the talent he has on defense, I think that there's plenty of uh, plenty of options that are going to help him make that decision. I don't think it's going to be some really tall hurdle for Terrell Austin to call plays and to put the Steelers defense and especially the Steelers secondary in favorable positions for them to succeed. It's just going to be interesting to see how it gets there. But bottom line, 
with what I'm what I'm saying right now with this cornerback situation. Watch how Joey Porter Jr handles a large workload in this preseason game. Like we talked about with Broderick Jones, the Steelers are pushing to see how much they can see of these guys, their their top rookies, because they want to see how do they handle just play after play after play after play. And then when they start to, to stack so many plays on top of each other, how do they respond when there is a larger body of body of work, a larger sample size of their own tape? And how do they respond to their successes and their failures from that that is where Joey Porter Jr. is going to get tested in this preseason game against the Falcons Thursday night. And I also think that that's where we could see some really interesting parts of uh, of this secondary start to shape out and start to get. And, and I'm sure the coaches will start to understand, OK, this is exactly how we're going to approach the start of the season. I don't think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be just a day one start. 100% of the snaps type of cornerback, but I think that he's going to be worked into a significant amount of those snaps, and we could see a lot of rotations in the secondary to kind of keep people guessing, which could be a really good thing for this defense so that no offense can just look at it one you know one group of tape or one game of tape and say, oh, yeah, that's how this defense is going to look all season. Nah, I, I think they got a lot of things to mix up there. So Bottom line with, with what I'm saying here is Patrick Peterson is going to line up on the slot. He's going to line up on the outside. Joey Porter Jr. primarily on the outside. No, he is just going to line up on the outside, and you're going to see a lot of different mix-ups. But the bottom line is that the Steelers, they have a lot of things they're throwing at him, and Joey Porter Jr., the whole goal is to put him in, in situations to succeed so he can grow into being that pure number one cornerback in the near future. So that, that, that being said, I want to talk a little bit about the offense, like I said as well, because I got a conversation with Darnell Washington in the Steelers locker room. thought it was very interesting what I heard from him. We'll have that conversation or we'll play that conversation out right here on the show in the second segment. So don't go anywhere because I think Darnell Washington, a lot of people are excited about him. I'll show you more reasons why you should be excited about him and the, the way the Steelers plan to use their tight ends in the offense here in 2023. We'll do that in a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. But first, before we do anything else, we want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs are, are the brand of clothing that make you look good. They use stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer on you through the thigh and the leg, and they give you a truly sculpted look when you wear them. They fit better than regular shorts because they're not made of stiff, restricting cotton. They're, at, Bird Dogs are actually made, made with a cloud knit fabric that, just, that looks just like khakis but stretched so that you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Trust me, they've been a huge boost to me as I've gone throughout training camps because I've been covering two training camps a day with Pitt in the morning and Steelers in the afternoon and man some days they really come in handy because you need to get on the move and getting all my steps in but they're making sure that I'm not sweating too much and part of how they're not making sure I'm not sweating too much when I'm wearing my bird dogs is that they have this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps me cool and dry all day long so go get yourself some bird dogs by going to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and then when you do that you'll get a free white tech hat with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free white tech hat when you trust me when you when you try out bird dogs you won't want to take them off we promise you Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our episode here. I wanted to lead off about the cornerbacks because of what Mike Tomlin said, but I wanted to get to this talk about the tight ends because I 
really uh, thought I got, I, I really felt like a really good connection with Darnell Washington in this conversation that we had in the Steelers locker room after Tuesday's practice. Now, one thing that I noticed and I asked him about, as you'll see in this clip that I play shortly, is that Darnell Washington is getting sharper with his routes. Now he's not anywhere near where like, you know, Pat Fryermuth is and where like other top top tier tight ends are, but you can see he's not the clunky route runner that he looked like he was when he came into OTAs and rookie camp when the, when the clips went out and they said, Oh man, that guy's never going to run a good route or whatever. He did look clunky in those, but at the same time, he we we also knew with his rawness with his with his abilities all was going to take some work and if he dedicated himself to his craft he could sharpen up his, his his work and that's what we're starting to see he in the routes that i've seen on tape just studying just studying the film that we have on the preseason he's more purposeful in his footwork and it's not all the way there yet but you're seeing him start to understand how to beat different guys in different spots and What's interesting is, as you see in this clip, he talks about some of it isn't necessarily fully taught just yet. Some of it's in becoming instinctive to him just to how to win for certain spots for his quarterback and present his quarterbacks uh, better targets. But uh, without further ado, let's play the clip of me talking to Darnell Washington. Listen to his responses. I ask about one, how does he feel about his progress, how he feel about his coaching from uh, Alfredo Roberts, the, the Steelers tight end coach, and where he feels he's headed. he's headed towards uh, with with what he says, here's Darnell Washington in the Steelers locker room. Darnell, when I'm watching you on tape, I'm seeing you not just run sharper routes, but also run routes that you're countering what defenders are doing. What are things that you're able to see about yourself on tape? Uh, I feel like that's just more like a natural instinct, as in uh, I know I'm a bigger player and things like that, so I know they love to reroute and uh, uh, things like that. So, I mean, they love to get their hands on me, so I just – Something that I like work on, just you know, just a little hand movement, things like that, and uh, big or over. Uh, I kind of always had that in my uh, in my game though with the counter moves. Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels great doing it. So, well, that's a good question. What I learned the most, uh, probably just how much I have to uh, rely on my fundamentals. Uh, some things in college I could have. Like I was doing that just because I'm bigger or stronger than my opponent, but now like get to this lead, like like D line is banned more at the top, so like the torquing and things like that, just a little things like that. Uh, I learned that I'm gonna really have to rely on my footwork and hand placement, all the good stuff. Uh, really, just kind of what I just hit on. Definitely the footwork. Uh, kind of. He just kind of preached that with the whole tight end group, uh, not just me. Um, pad level is one, just because I'm naturally taller. Uh, um, really hand placements from time to time, but uh, he just kind of coached me all around, making me the best I could be. So a few things there with, with, with Darnell Washington. Uh, one, you got to like his approach to stuff because he's acknowledging where he's improving, but where he has to keep improving what he's, he's, he's even saying like, Hey, some of the stuff that I'm doing, I'm finding success right now. And that isn't necessarily just, Oh, I'm so much sharper. My stuff It's just natural, like things that are kicking in for him. Uh, and again, before we get into the, the natural part, 
I think that shows a good sign of maturity when he's able to be honest about where he's working on. And again, this ties back to what we talked about with Nick Faribault on our Monday episode with the winning culture link that we that that he has to Georgia, to being in a positive environment where he was able to win and able to be honest about himself and challenge himself to get to where he was. All of that plays into, I think, the locker room the Steelers are building because several guys have that factor. But back into my point about, about Dar- Darnell Washington specifically. No, when you're telling he's talking about his instincts kick, kicking in, that is the rawness that the Steelers were hoping to get when they drafted him. And that's what the rawness that I think all of us saw when we looked at his college tape. And we're like, my goodness, who is that huge human being that can leap over people and to do all the things that he's doing? And that rawness is helping in his game. And it's part, I think it's also similar with like Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones isn't the most refined offensive tackle right now, but even when he's not refined, you see him just like bully certain people in moments and you're like, huh, your footwork wasn't the best there. Your hand placement wasn't the best there, but you still found a way to win. Why? Because you're just that naturally gifted at your position. I think that's where Darnell Washington is. Uh, But for tight end and what they're asking him to do at tight end, it doesn't have as negative when he when he misses misses on his cues. It doesn't have as nearly as big of an impact on the offense as it would say for a left tackle who is protecting Kenny Pickett's blind side. Uh, but with Darnell Washington, I think that there's when you hear him talk about his focus to sharpen his his skills right now. If you find if he makes plays as a raw rookie who is sharpening his skills and he's getting better as a route runner, as we said, we saw on, on tape, but if he's making plays now and he commits to that and he continues to sharpen his skills over time, what exactly could he become? Because we'll get to the rest of the tight ends in the third segment, because I want to talk about how 11 person or excuse me, 12 personnel. Uh, it can be a really big factor uh, for this, for the Steelers offense this year, but if Darnell Washington is being is 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 able to beat people now when he's still kind of just figuring out how to be a more precise route runner, how to work on his footwork, how to win certain different matchups and different you know styles of of covers that are on him, it, that could be a real scary thing for opponents if he's only getting sharper in the coming years. And also, I'd say building a rapport with Kenny Pickett because as we'll talk about with how with the 12 personnel Pat Brownruth he's had he's had just a year with Kenny Pickett and we're starting to see that these guys are developing a rapport that can that can get the get Kenny Pickett can get him the ball in different situations that both of them like to attack different defenses with imagine Darnell Washington with the raw skills the size the speed that the the real catch radius that he that he's displayed uh in just in just raw moments that we've seen in the combine and so on and so forth imagine all that with the coordination that we've seen from other guys like Pat Frymuth and the connection with Kenny Pickett that that is the potential the Steelers want to see from him and want to get from him in the future but again right now it's just about hey do the basics Get the get the simple things done, and you'll be part of the, the the offense and get more opportunities to to find success, and then learn where you need to grow in that success. All of that plays a factor into Darnell Washington and what he's be- becoming for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think that he's in a very good place, and they're in a very good place uh, to see where he's at. And hey, if he capitalizes on it now, again, just puts them in a really good situation for say, okay, how can you stack on that for next year? But We'll see how he does in this upcoming preseason game. We've seen Mike Tomlin push him a lot 
throughout training camp. And when Mike Tomlin pushes a guy, it's kind of like how he pushed TJ Watt in his rookie camp. He would match him up with everybody. Same thing with Najee Harris. When he first got to Steelers, Steelers camp, he was Mike Tomlin was like, ah, 22, get over here. 22, get over there. He wants to see guys when he sees something special in you, he pushes you a lot like that. He's done the same thing for Joey Porter Jr. But Darnell Washington, despite being a, you know, a late third round pick, he is getting that kind of attention from Mike Tomlin. That means Tomlin sees something in him that he wants to pull out. And I think we're going to see more of those chances for it to be pulled out of him in this third preseason game when they play Thursday night against the Atlanta Falcons. But I want to talk more about the tight ends as a group and how it's going to play into 12 personnel this year. So we'll get to that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm, a, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Don't go anywhere. But first, before we do any of that, we want to remind you that this show is sponsored by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. And that's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in to make it easier to find people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to, to, to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our episode here. I'm going to stick with the tight ends for a little bit because I want to discuss, you know, we're talking about 12 personnel. Now, 12 personnel, of course, is when we're talking about a formation where there's one running back, two tight ends, and two receivers on, on, on the field at the same time, which really we're talking about where we're focusing on there is the double tight end aspect. And I truly think that is going to be not like the staple of the offense, but a significant facet of the offense. I think that there's going to be a lot of plays that are run out of that, that, that it give the Steelers a chance to balance things in the run and the pass. So this is, uh, we've said this all off season. We've talked about the potential of this. I think we have seen a lot of it in preseason and in training camp because we've seen a lot of sets where the Steelers are rolling out Pat Fryermuth with Darnell Washington or Zach Gentry or Connor Hayward and all four of those guys. And I'll also, I'll also say hot rod, uh, the fourth guy that they have, or the fifth guy, excuse me, that they have at the tight end position. If this was any other year, he would have made the roster, but the Steelers are just stacked at tight end. He's just going to be in a, uh, I think he's just he's just going to have to miss out and he'll probably get picked up by someone and someone will be very happy to add them to their practice squad. But the question that, that, that I think some people are going to have is, well, Chris, can, can they actually rotate four tight ends? That sounds insane. And I think they might be able to if they say they find certain matchups that they like. Uh, and it all it's all based on the talent that these guys display in different situations. So let's go over some of what the talents are and how I think that it could play into what matchups they want to get. Now, of course, at the top of it, 
it's Pat Fryman. There's no question. He's the top receiving option. He has elite potential as a tight end. And I think that he's been getting that recognition from people who are like, man, we see the potential of this guy. If he sticks to it and he, and he, and his quarterback matures in the right way, this guy could become one of the best tight ends in the NFL if he's not already there. And I, I think what you're starting to see, at least in the glimpses we've seen is that this is what, this is now Pat Fryermuth uh, with, with the potential of a Kenny Pickett who is developing a connection with him. I mean, that that touchdown that they threw against the Bills, 25 yards, it was perfectly ran, perfectly thrown. And Pat Fryman, we, we, we showed him on the show after that game, talking about it and saying like, yeah, we've worked on that specific route, that specific combination of you know, not only me running that route, but him throwing the ball, but also how to counter it with different formations when we see it from different defenses. So having those kind of routine moments that seem, that seem routine, but they're on huge plays, that is the potential that you can have with Pat Frymuth that all his skills give you along with a, a growing Kenny Pickett who's still figuring things out. And again, that touchdown, I think, is an example of the developed rhythm that those guys are picking up. Doesn't mean it'll happen every time. Doesn't mean it'll happen, you know, every opportunity that that even lines up that way. But it's a very good sign of what they what's to come there. Zach Gentry, important blocker, decent receiving threat, you know, not a killer receiving threat, but a guy who I think that embodies like, hey, like basic number two tight end skills, he's got him. He's going to be solid there. But this is where it gets really interesting is because both your third and fourth guys here are the same thing. And I and maybe Darnell Washington isn't a third or fourth guy. Maybe he is the number, number two guy here because we talked about his raw skill and his high potential. But, I mean, you, you line him up on the field, and we've seen him in training camp running with the ones at times, but you line him up on the field, and the, the defense has to account for that, man. He is too big with too big a catch radius for you to just leave him in just single coverage, and that's that. I think Darnell Washington is going to be a, a major red zone problem for teams to defend, and that's where I think that, that, that you're going to see him get involved with the Steelers a lot. And also, when you're in the red zone, it's not just his receiving ability. It's his ability to block you as well in short spaces. So um, that being said, we know what Darnell Washington is. And, and that and that skill set, Connor Hayward, more unique of a skill set. His receiving tools, to to me, make make him a a, a, very, a give him a variety of threats because of how he can catch the ball, get yak, and make 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 spots in different plays. I also think think I also think he's a much better wham blocker uh, than, than some of the other guys. With wham, of course, when the one guy a guy lines up on one side of the formation, crosses to the other to keep, deliver a key block on the backside of a run to kind of allow the rest of the offensive line uh, to win their matchups in different spots i think that connor hayward fits a lot of roles there and his usage is going to be uh is, is going to be crucial here because again i think with the 12 personnel formations you're going to see different ones that have different usages uh, out of these guys i've talked about how i think pat frymuth can kind of be in these formations and then be then be flexed out and kind of work like a wide receiver because let's face it that's what some tight ends are nowadays like travis kelsey is a guy who He's a tight end in name only. He's basically just the top receiver for 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 the Chiefs. He's just huge, also, and he can, he plays technically tight end. But the way that he's used is like that. And I think that Pat Frymuth could be that type of guy. Not saying he could be as great as Kelsey and Mahomes were, but I'm saying that Pat Frymuth has the potential to be you know a top five tight end, and you know to and primarily based in his receiving skills. So. Um, all that being said, I, I think that there's there, there, that, that that's a good start to the mix there. But the question is going to become 
how do they use 12 personnel? You know, how can they find different great different fits for their run pass combination and their balance that they want to have that make it difficult for teams to predict what they're trying to focus on on, on a given play? And that's where 12 personnel comes in is that you could have, you know, you could have your mix of Fryermuth and Washington or Fryermuth and Gentry or Washington and Washington and Gentry or Washington and and uh, Hayward or Hayward and, and Fryermuth. Whoever you want there, you can have different things lined up that are going to be specialized to their skill sets that could tilt opponents one way or the other and, and to make them think certain different things are, are coming at times. And that's where I think this Steelers offense has a lot of potential to catch people off guard, not be ready, and to actually you know, actually sort of sort of establish that balance. Because again, when you're talking twelve personnel, tight ends can be really good blockers and they can be really good pass catchers, and they've got both. I think on, on this roster, I think Pat Fryermuth still has a ways to go as a blocker, I, but I think if like if you were to come out there with Zach Gentry and Donna Washington, you'd have guys that could bully people at the line of scrimmage on top of your offensive line that's growing in its confidence and its continuity, but. You add those two guys in there. Both of those guys are, are receiving threats. Zach Gentry isn't the you know the biggest you know crazy th- receiving threat, but Darnell Washington's shown like man, you leave that dude alone, he's going to be a problem. And I really think the Steelers they want people to kind they want to kind of put it in a people in a position where or opposing defenses in a position where they're having to guess t- to to try to take out one specific part of the Steelers offense, and that guess opens up op- other opportunities, and then they get to those opportunities uh and then they're able to you know because again if a team is focusing too much on george pickens or deontay johnson or Najee harris kenny pickett being the guy that he is he's going to be able to see the field take advantage of what they're leaving alone and that'll be i think how this steelers offense gets most of his points but again when you have those those 12 personnel guys out there two tight ends two wide receivers and a running back i, I think you you put yourself in a position where a, a a defense is going to have a hard time just looking at you and saying, oh, yeah, they're going to run it this way or they're going to do it that way because if you are able to switch it up and they actually use play action in real games this year, it's going to give you a whole lot of opportunities to uh, to, to win some key matchups there. So uh, 11 personnel, I think it's coming, and I think it's also going to be – or excuse me, 12 personnel. I, 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 I said that the, the wrong way that there were 12 personnel where it's two tight ends on the field, two receivers and a running back. It is coming, do, do, and I think that it's going to be a, an effective thing this year. I want to see how the Steelers use their tight ends in this last preseason game. Mike Tomlin did indicate starters will play, but not necessarily everyone will play. So we'll see how long the first-team offense is in there, if they're in there at all. Um, but I'm whatever happens, I want to see how Darnell Washington gets used. I want to see how Connor Hayward gets used, and, and Zach Gentry. We know how Pat Fryman is going to get used, but – this could be a really interesting thing to watch to, to before, as we get our last uh, you know smell of Steelers football before the season opener 17 days after this game. So uh, lots of stuff to, to do there. We still got more to talk, discuss. We'll give a final preview before the preseason game for our Thursday episode. And then, of course, our Friday episode will be uh, my response to or my, my reaction to the Steelers final preseason game and what we're setting up here. And then, of course, next Tuesday – 
is cut is cuts day. So we'll start to look at who should make the final 53 roster then. But thanks again for tuning into the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Check me out here on the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes. We appreciate everyone again for helping out, for, for coming in and checking out the show. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 